Namaste. And welcome back to beautiful Rishikesh, home of yoga. Today is day three and we'll be having a chat about a few things. But first, I wanted to give you a little description of where we are. Mm. You might be able to see the city in the background. We, we can't really show you too much because uh, we're limited to this tiny little frame of the camera. But today we're in the Beatles Ashram is what it's known as. And it's the um, abandoned ashram of Maharishi Mahesh Yoga Yogi who was um, the founder of TM, as you might know it, or Transcendental Meditation. Um, and he was the, the yoga teacher of the Beatles. Mm. Um, and it's so interesting. It's always such an interesting place to come here because it's, it's huge. Mm, it's like it's, it's nothing like you've ever seen. It's so, so big and it's so, so intricate um, and so strange. Mm. Um, it's in the middle of the jungle in... Um, What's the name of the Raja national Ji. park? Rajaji National Park. And this is kind of known as like tiger countries, like there's wild tigers and mm. all sorts of stuff here. So it's quite a, a, um, a I don't know, magical feeling place. Mm. And as Aaron said, it's like quite abandoned now, like there's nobody living here or practicing here. It's just really for tourists, but it's so beautiful because like nature is starting to take the, the place back over so there's plants yeah. growing out of the walls it's slowly decaying and it's just so incredible to witness yeah and so right now we're sitting on the balcony of one of the old like accommodation rooms mm. where people would come and, and they would learn transcendental meditation and they would do their teacher training mm. um, and the class that you just practiced we did on the roof of this building mm. um, in which you might have seen next to us there was a, a face on an egg and and those eggs are actually meditation domes and so they're kind of designed to um, facilitate pratyahara the withdrawal of the senses so you go inside these domes and it just becomes silent they've, they've been created in these egg structures to to facilitate the silence mm. um, and they're everywhere they're just scattered across the property on the roof mm. on the driveway up um, these tiny little egg-shaped structures that people used to go and, and meditate in for hours and hours and hours at a time. Um, and I just realized, I don't know if, if you knew this, mm -hmm. but if you climb the ladder to the top of the egg, there's actually a ladder to the inside and they're double story, oh, the ones on the roof. And the egg in the top is just like this concrete enclosure with no windows, just like a skylight hole that you can climb wow. through. And um, yeah, in like I kind of echoed down in there and it's just pure silence, mm. like your voice just reverberates around. So if you were to do chanting or something mm, in a yeah. place like that, it would just be like such an immersive in yeah. experience. Um, and yeah, it's, I guess it's always so um, nostalgic to come to a place like this and see just like how many people must have lived here and, mm. and practiced together in this community. And um, for me personally, the Beatles were like my favorite band for my whole childhood. It was like the first album I ever got was like the Beatles number one hits. And I just used to love them. And, you know, I know every single song that they've ever written. Um, and so to know that they came here and they practiced meditation and that this place inspired so much of their music is, is just so beautiful to come and witness and to, to feel the energy of the place. Um, and it's so lovely that we can, like our hotel's just down the road, we just walked up here and paid our fee to get inside and, you know, we get to see this little piece of, of yoga history and, um, 
yeah that like that style of meditation is still so popular today it goes yeah. by a different name now but it's it's still just as just as potent and such a huge community so, so um, if you're interested in coming to visit this place like uh, yeah. stay tuned and sign up to our email list look at all our, our offerings on our website depending on where you're when you're watching this and yeah we'll be taking a few groups um to rishikesh with us next year in 2023 uh, and beyond um hmm. so if that's something you're interested in yeah make sure you, you chat to us and yeah, yeah and that's kind be, of the reason that we're here you could be sitting to... here with us next year or the year after yeah um cool and then so today's practice doesn't really have anything to do with this place or, or um <laughs> <laughs> meditation at all it was really a practice for the body mm-hmm. um it was a sweaty one for us. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Um, but it's an, it's an interesting conversation. You know, so many people are kind of like, yoga's not about doing core exercises. Um, yoga's about meditation. And, you know, tomorrow morning's practice, we'll do that. We'll do a pranayama and, and gentle restorative practice to kind of facilitate that meditative experience. Mm. But as we mentioned yesterday, like Vyadhi is the first obstacle of yoga. Mm. And your physical health is of the utmost importance if you wish to progress within your practice. If mm. you want to get into a meditative state, you have to have a healthy body. Otherwise, it's going to stand in your way. Mm. Um, there is nothing more all-encompassing than physical pain. Mm. And there is no greater uh, physiological, physical issue that I see personally as a yoga therapist than low back pain. Um, <laughs> It's just like it's it's the real Everywhere. epidemic <laughs> is low back pain. I reckon maybe nine out of ten clients that come in to see me as yoga therapy clients have low back pain in, in some degree. And it's not even something that's brought up initially because it's kind of almost conditioned into our society as something that's normal yeah. or common. Or um, Yeah, as you get older, you get low back pain. Yeah. But it's actually not. It's yeah. like it's not really that normal. We we shouldn't be it's common, experiencing but it's it. Not normal. Yeah, and so there are many reasons for low back pain. It can come from from a series of different um, different conditions. It could be a nervous system thing. It could be the way that you're breathing. It could be the way that you're moving. It could be some kind of degeneration. It could be an autoimmune disease. It could be an emotional. It could be an emotional problem. thing. Yeah, it could be postural. There's there's so many different things um, that it could be. And so I wanted to hone on on kind of two things that we commonly see um, that could potentially be the cause for low back pain. Mm. I'm not using this as a way to diagnose and you shouldn't be using it as a way to diagnose yourself. I would definitely, if you're having low back pain, go and see a, a doctor or a therapist or a physiotherapist or a myotherapist or something like that. Um, but I just wanted to kind of focus in on two ways that we can avoid low back pain if we are not already experiencing it. And if we are experiencing low back pain, how we can better support ourselves um, through that experience, especially through practicing asana. And so one of those ways is obviously, as our practice would allude to today, strengthening your core. Um, And I think core is a term that's very broad mm. and all-encompassing. A lot of people think that it's your six-pack muscles. It's it's not your six-pack muscles. It's your six-pack muscles and the other uh, one, two, three, four abdominal muscles, mm. plus your QL muscles, plus your diaphragm, mm. plus your pelvic floor. It's the whole area from the base of your pelvis to the base of your rib cage. Your trunk. Your trunk. We could consider this your core. 
And this area of your body is really its primary purpose is to transfer load from the bottom half of your body to the top half of your body. So if you bend down, you pick something up, it's your core that transfers the load into your legs so that you can lift that up. Um, similarly, like we were in our practice laying on our back, if we want to lift our legs up, it's our core that does the lifting. Yeah. Um, and so if you were to think of the muscles, you could think of the four layers of the abdominum. So your um, transverse abdominus, your rectus abdominus, six-pack muscles, your internal and external obliques. We can think of the hip flexors that do the job of lifting the legs in this way. Dirty feet. Um, you could think of your glutes as being a part of your core, your big, strong glutes that, that um, extend your hips. You could think of your QL muscles. And then you could also think of your pelvic floor being the stabilizing pelvic bowl at the base of the pelvis. And you could think of your diaphragm, which is your breathing muscle. And so all of these muscles kind of create this container around the lower spine, the lumbar spine. And kind when... Of like a corset. Yeah, kind of like a corset. And when they're working effectively, they actually kind of create this, it's called intra-abdominal pressure, and it takes the pressure off of the spine. Mm. Now, if those muscles are not working correctly, or let's say efficiently, mm. and there's some kind of postural imbalance, you, you know, have a very relaxed belly and very tight low back muscles, and then you start doing a practice and you start hinging in the same way over and over and over, you cause some kind of repetitive injury in the spine or in the discs, some kind of herniated disc or a slip disc, whatever you want to call it. Um, and so we can use our practice in this way to build awareness of all these muscles and how they work together in order to move our spine in its six directions, folding forwards, bending backwards, twisting, lateral extension and inversions. Um, so that's one way is just to strengthen all of those muscles and start to get them to work effectively to start to learn how to move the spine individually. Can you move from a different vertebrae each time you fold forward? Can you learn to hinge from the hips with a straight spine? We want to try and avoid as best as possible repetition in our practice. If you were to move the same way every single day, that repetitive motion of practice is going to cause injury some down, somewhere down the line. And so we want to try and bring some sort of variety. Can you move from one vertebrae and another vertebrae? Can you move from your hips as opposed to your spine? How many different ways can we move? Mm. And then the second piece of that puzzle um, in relation to the core and the protection of the low back is can you breathe into your belly? So many people that we see in the studio and in the yoga therapy clinic come in and they don't know how to breathe into their belly at all. They take a breath in, fills up into their chest. The, uh, uh, the evolutionary way that humans are meant to breathe is into their belly first. So we breathe into the belly and then the ribs and chest. Now when you breathe into your belly, diaphragm starts to push down when the diaphragm pushes down it creates this intra-abdominal pressure which takes the load off of the spine mm -hmm. so simply by learning to breathe into your belly you can take the pressure off of your low back and and therefore potentially a reduction in pain mm -hmm. so that's a very fast and brief overview you might want to listen to it a couple times mm -hmm. in order to understand it um, it's something that we go into in detail in detail on our teacher training programs um, 
and it's really kind of a foundational part of a uh, functional approach to yogasana. So like why don't we breathe into our belly? Why don't we breathe into our bellies? Hmm, good question. It could be many things. Mm. Um, and there's many theories. I, I think that a lot of it has to do with our nervous system. Mm. A lot of it has to do with um, just repetition. Yeah. And it could also be tension. Yeah. So there's a couple avenues we could go. We, we could start with the physical, which is that we sit all day. Mm. And that when we sit, our hip flexors are contracted. contracted. And so we're sitting, sitting, sitting. So our hip flexors get tighter, 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 tighter. And then we go to stand up and all of a sudden our hip flexors don't want to lengthen as far as they used to. Right? And so they start pulling on the base of the diaphragm. There's a direct connection from your top of your hip flexor to the base of your diaphragm and then from your diaphragm to your heart. So if the hip flexors get tight, in turn, the diaphragm gets mm. tight. And so the tighter the hip flexors get, the tighter the diaphragm gets, mm. the tighter the diaphragm gets, the more difficult it is for us to breathe into our belly. And so we end up using the um, auxiliary muscles around the diaphragm to do our breathing. We use the little rib cage muscles, muscles in our chest, the shoulders. Mm, yeah, to do the breathing for us. And so in order to get that breath back into the belly, sometimes it takes some lengthening of the hip flexors, i.e. why we do so much lunging in mm, yoga. Interesting. Why we do so much, um, you know, stretching of the belly, putting weights on the belly, so that we can start to, to rebuild that um, awareness. Mm. And then awareness is the second thing. Yeah. If there's no awareness, like conscious awareness, I am breathing into my belly, um, then again, it, it just it's not going to happen. And that's why so many techniques like our blanket breathing or the sandbag breathing or just breathing with your hands on your belly is so helpful in, in training the breath down into that place in our body. Yeah, because first the awareness needs to go there. And if the awareness is not there, if the awareness is up here, then the breath is going to be up here mm. as well. So if we train our conscious awareness into our belly, the more and more we practice, the easier it becomes to subconsciously breathe into our belly as like a natural rhythm. Yeah, 100%. Then the kind of um, psycho-emotional uh, reasoning for not breathing into the belly could be around stress. Mm. So our nervous system's wired in this specific way and there's a, a nerve that goes directly down the center of the diaphragm. And what they're kind of starting to find is that this nerve that travels down through the via diagram and a bunch of different diaphragm. organs. Um, did I say diagram? Mm. Maybe we'll show a diagram. Um, no, but there's a nerve that runs through the diaphragm and a bunch of different organs. And when we are in a, a relaxed state, that nerve starts functioning into the diaphragm and into the digestive mm. system. And it kind of triggers that response. So we're in a relaxed state. It's called parasympathetic. We've done a podcast on this before, but it um, starts the digestion going. It starts the breathing into the belly and, and everything starts to wind down. If we're not in that relaxed state, if we're in a stressed state, um, the nerve kind of shuts off that lower part and it functions up in the chest mm. and the heart and the heart rate gets elevated, the digestion switches off, mm. the immune system goes down um, and we start to breathe into the chest and what you'll find is that people who have panic attacks or whenever you just get like really, really stressed, mm. <laughs> breath gets really shallow and you start to breathe way up here in the chest. Um, and so that nervous system and, and uh, mental state connection is another reason for it. And so if we're not breathing into the belly, if we're in this constant state of stress, 
then the lower back's not getting the support that it needs from the breath. Mm. Plus we pair that with sitting all day, which so many of us do, we have the sedentary lifestyle. Then the lower back is kind of the first thing to go. Mm. And for a lot of people, that's the thing. It's just like, oh, I got to 30 mm. and my low back went. Some of it's like getting younger and younger and younger. Yeah, we have totally. like lots of young people in their early twenties mm. coming in with low back pain. Oh, I slipped a disc, you know, picking up something, mm. um, you know, slinging my backpack over my back in high school, whatever it is. And so how can we use yoga and meditation, pranayama, um, in a very accessible way? Like if you're going to give just some simple, quick and easy tips right here, right now. Um, how can we use asana, pranayama, meditation um, in order to prevent this from happening? Yeah, so there's a couple of simple things. The first one is learning to breathe into your belly, yeah. which you and I have been working on a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just kind of want to kind of... Uh, drill that point home is that like for for some people like Peiji in particular it's taken three years to get a full breath into your belly hasn't it and it still is incredibly intense yeah and so one is just like this this constant training of breathing into the belly when you're practicing your asana when you're doing your pranayama to put yourself to bed Mm. whenever you have a spare minute you're focusing on sending the breath into the belly, allowing that space to expand. And what you'll feel when you um, become really attuned to it is that as you breathe into the belly, from the low back, your spine wants to extend. Mm. Yeah, you want to get longer. Mm. Um, So that would be number one, just training that. Um, You could roll up a blanket, place it under your belly, lay face down, Mm. breathe into the blanket, and then flip over and spend some time breathing into the belly. Mm. Five minutes, 10 minutes a day is Mm. more than enough. Um, That's one of my favorite techniques. So that would be my number one intervention. And then number two would be to just start to strengthen the muscles around the belly. But not just strengthen them blindly. Um, you want to strengthen them in a what's a neutral position for your pelvis. And so the ideal is that you want to find a yoga teacher or a physiotherapist, someone that can give you a visual assessment, a structural assessment, and say, okay, let me have a look at your body. Let's have a play. What does a forward tilt of your pelvis look like? What does a backward tilt of your pelvis look like? And what's a neutral position? Find that neutral position and then start doing core work, core training, um, adding it into your yoga practice this kind of deep abdominal strengthening Mm. in a neutral pelvis position so that your one your body gets um, used to having your pelvis in that neutral position which is protecting your low back and then two your body becomes strong in that neutral position so it becomes not only your neutral position but your preferred position Mm, sure yeah And Um, I think that it's important that we can uh, focus on both of these things, mainly the breath and also this core um, strength and activation. Um, Within our entire yoga practice, we don't have to have a core section. We don't have to be super specific about the exercises that we do. But if we bring our awareness and our attention to both of these aspects of practice throughout any asana practice, whether you're being led by a teacher that has no awareness about core Mm. or um, whether you're doing a one-on-one, either way, it doesn't matter. Um, as long as you bring your awareness and your attention to this, each practice that we do, whether it's five minutes, 10 minutes, an hour, 90 minutes every day, uh, we can start to bring some strength and, and some stability into our body through these actions, for sure. Yeah, and then I think just the final tip or the final warning is just with backbending mm. and just being very aware that you can, especially if your belly is a little bit weak, you can go extra deep into backbends 
but you're actually putting your low back in jeopardy. Yeah, for sure. And so just being aware that you're not overdoing, especially if you're a flexible person like myself, mm. overdoing your asana practice and putting your body in a state of compromise. Sure. You want to just make sure that you're moving from the core. You want to make sure that there's stability in every action that you take on your mm. mat. I think since I've learned that, yeah, I've really stepped my back bend practice back down and I'm slowly working back up to it. But instead yeah. of it being an ego thing about whether I can get into it or not, it's whether I'm actually strong enough and stable enough to bring myself into that posture. Yeah, and it's building it up from the ground again. Um, and ultimately that stability comes from the earth and so if you can connect to that earth element in yourself like physical stability mental stability emotional stability if that becomes the first pillar of your practice i am creating stability in my body my breath my mind my emotions and my soul um, that becomes a, a beautiful foundation for us to work towards mm. and then we can move up through the elements mm. into the water element we can bring some more fluidity we can bring some more effortlessness to the movement mm -hmm. then we can bring some intensity and then we can bring some some lightness mm. um, and so you know from a, a philosophical perspective it really is that journey through the elements um, which is such a big part of our teaching at the moment yeah cool cool all right if you enjoyed listening to this conversation if you enjoy our podcast in general if you're enjoying practicing with us there's so many more opportunities to practice and study with us we've got our online yoga studio on our website which has over 200 uh, practices already uploaded ready to go um, we also have an online yoga teacher training 100 hours just a bit of a deep dive into the style that we teach um, and then also we have opportunities for you to join us uh, in Rishikesh, India on retreat, on yoga teacher training, We'll whatever. take you to this balcony. If you yeah. came from this podcast and you want to come on a retreat to India <laughs> with us, this exact, this exact balcony, balcony yeah. we'll show you. So this is where we did the podcast. Yeah, so if you're keen, <laughs> if you're interested, make sure you sign up to our mailing list. You can find all the links below. Um, check out our offerings and if something lines up, yeah, we'd love to have you. Mm. Arion. Arion. Much love. <laughs>